It's fairly simple. God uses his word taught rightly in sound doctrine to nourish us, to feed us in the context of a relationship with Christ so that we will be what he's called us to be in Christ, so that we will become more like Christ. The foundation for what we are to be, practically speaking, in our everyday life in Christ is revealed in sound doctrine, the word of God. Thanks for joining us for this weekend edition of Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. Equipping the Saints is a daily radio outreach from Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Greg, your message today peels back the veneer of marginal Christian living to reveal a disturbing reality. You know, Dave, the fact is we are living in spiritually disturbing times, and there is so much presented to us in the name of Jesus in churches these days that has nothing to do with him at all, and, and yet people accept it as the gospel or as the truth of God, and but ultimately it leads to spiritual and personal ruin. So how do we avoid being taken captive by this type of thinking? Our text is Titus chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at verse 1. Well, thanks, Greg. And as always, if you have to miss a portion of today's broadcast, you can hear this entire program online at etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. Now, let's join Greg for today's message. Chapter 2, verse 1. But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. But the word is in the Greek, laleo. It doesn't mean laleo. It means to say. And it's in the present tense. Continually, habitually say the things that are fitting for sound doctrine. And in Greek, it is an imperative command. Titus, you are being commanded to do this. This is a command from God. There's no option. This is a command. In light of the bad guys here, you speak this way. Well, shouldn't we lighten our preaching and add in some things from the world that they could identify with so that we can be relevant to win people to Christ? Shouldn't we add in a few things that they might identify with, that we can share and talk with? Isn't that a good idea? No. Habitually, continually speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Well, shouldn't we tell more engaging stories, show video clips that we know people will identify with, dialogue with the congregation rather than preach? because they can't stay very long, they don't have an attention span. Shouldn't we do that? Shouldn't we poll people to see what they want in church and then give it to them? No. Speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. That's the command. It's really simple. It's not complex. Do you remember what we saw in 1 Peter chapter 4? For those who have speaking gifts, the parameter for anyone in the body of Christ who has been gifted by God to speak, teachers, pastor, teachers, whoever it might be, the parameter here, 1 Peter 4 verse 10, as each one has received a special gift employed in serving one another, this is the body of Christ, not the world, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God, it's by His grace that you can do this. Whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the oracles of God. If you speak, speak God's word, not the traditions of men claiming them to be doctrines of God. No leeway to do anything else. Why? In contrast, that's what the bad guys do. No leeway. In light of the worthless, detestable, disobedient fakers who profess to know God, teaching things they should not teach for sordid gain, you, Titus, in the opposite, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. In light of them, in contrast, don't do it. Don't do it. 
Titus is being commanded to habitually, continually speak those things. Okay, I understand sound doctrine now, and I understand that Titus is commanded to do that, but what does he mean by the things that are fitting? What does he mean by that? The term translated, which are fitting, Titus 2 verse 1, is the Greek word prepi from prepo, and it basically means in its very common meaning, that which is clearly seen, being prominent or conspicuous. It used to be used of distinguishing characteristics. It speaks of something and is translated something noticeable or prominent, and it came over time to speak of that which is proper, subtle, or fitting. And you say, well, how did it get from this idea of being that which is noticeable or distinguishing to fitting, proper, or suitable? Let me illustrate this. If you see someone is wearing clothing that does not fit, it is clearly seen that it is not right, right? Or if someone is wearing clothes that fits right, it is clearly noticeable as a distinguishing characteristic of that person. Here we have Titus is to only speak the things which are fitting. The distinguishing characteristics of sound doctrine. When people look at you, Titus, it should be sound doctrine. That should be distinguishing you from everyone else. Sound doctrine. In other words, everything he says must be in line with sound doctrine. Everything he says must be clearly seen and distinguishable as sound doctrine. It is the distinguishing characteristic of his speech, which is sound doctrine. And this is so crucial because, in contrast, the fakers don't do it. The detestable, disobedient, worthless for any good deed in God's sight are those who do not preach, teach, and speak in sound doctrine. They're not identified by that. And I find it all the time. What do you like about your pastor or the church? Well, he's really a good speaker. Or he has a heart for the lost. What a shame that they don't say he preaches the word of God. That's what I appreciate about our pastor. The continual habitual preaching of the word of God in sound doctrine. The distinguishing characteristic of them. Titus, you, as for you, Speak those things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Okay, so I understand that. I understand that's what he's supposed to do. But why is it so important that he teaches in accordance with sound doctrine? Why is this so important? Well, first of all, we saw the dangers with the bad guys in contrast, right? But secondly, I believe we're going to see in the context of this entire chapter that sound doctrine, the Word of God, rightly taught, is the foundation for what we are to be in Christ. It's the foundation for what we are to be in Christ. And you say, well, how can I say that? I believe the context of chapter 2 demands this interpretation. Let's take a look here. Okay, again in verse 1, Titus is commanded to habitually, continually speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Then skip down to verse 15. These things speak and exhort and reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Okay, these things, right? Well, what has he just said? What are the things he just referred to in verse 15? They're what he shared in verses 12 through 14. That's what those things are. Titus, here's sound doctrine. Sound doctrine are his instructions from the Word of God concerning how we are to live. It is the basis for who we are to be. It's the basis. Verse 2 through 14 are the things he is to speak. The sound doctrine. It's instruction on who we are to be based on a relationship with Jesus Christ who is instructing us to do these things. 
Titus, only speak proper or sound doctrine, verse 1, and here you go. Here's the sound doctrine. Let's look at verse 2. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, love, perseverance. Older women likewise are to be. And you go down, verse 5, the younger women are to be. You see, verse 6, likewise urge the young men to be. And he goes on down, you see, just this instruction on what we are to be because, verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. And it's instructing us now to deny ungodliness. Speak things which are only fitting for sound doctrine, Titus. And we see these things in verses 12 through 14. The sound doctrine he is to speak and let no one disregard him. Folks, as we will see in the next few weeks, Lord willing, the foundation for who we are in Christ as right now old men, old women, Young women, young men, bond slaves, for the foundation for who we are to be is sound doctrine. The Word of God is the foundation for what God wants us to be. Therefore, Titus, that's all you should be speaking, right? Does that make sense? That's it. The bad guys don't do that. In contrast, you, Titus, do that. It is the foundation for who we are to be. It is the Word of God working through the grace of God in Christ Jesus. That's the Christian life. That's the Christian life. The word of God through the grace of God in Christ Jesus brought us into the family. It is the word of God through the grace of God in the person of Christ Jesus, a personal relationship with him, that we are able to be who he wants us to be. It's so simple yet so disregarded these days in the church. It is the rightly divided word of God, sound doctrine, sound teaching that God uses to make us like Christ. That's just what he does. Forget any preaching, teaching, or radio show that doesn't bring forth sound doctrine. If it's man's opinion based on his experience of some sound doctrine, maybe, if it's about man's issues... I mean, I was listening to this family show this weekend, driving to our men's study, and they had a guest on, and he was talking about how there was an interaction between, ultimately, the men of God in the inner cities and the other men and different things, and he was basically trying to teach from these interactions rather than sharing the Word of God. It was boiling my spiritual blood as I was listening to it because it was totally unprofitable. It was just worthless talk. He could have shared the Word of God, and he could have taught it. And we could have been edified and built up and made more like Christ. But he didn't. It's really sad. Again, it's so simple. The Word of God taught rightly. And this is why Satan and his cohorts and those who do his bidding knowingly or unknowingly are so against and contrary to sound doctrine and teaching. All hell does not want God's Word to get out. And it will so subtly and so deviously twist things to make you think you're getting God's word when you're really not. It's so simple, so basic. The word of God taught rightly, sound doctrine. Get into it, learn it, be taught it. It's the basis for who you are in Christ. Now I need to remind you and remind us that it's the word of God that brings us into a relationship with Christ. God uses it to save us. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. You can turn there with me and we'll go through a couple verses. 1 Peter 1 23. And we should know these by heart. We should learn these verses. 1 Peter 1.23. He said earlier that they were born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And then he says here, here's how it happened. Here's how you got saved. 
If you've ever been saved, this is how it happened. And if this didn't happen to you, you were not saved. He says, for you have been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and abiding word of God. All flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers, the flower and the flower falls off. But the word of the Lord abides forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. That's how you got saved. That's how you became born again. You heard the word of God concerning Christ and your sin and salvation in him alone. James chapter 1, verse 18. Turn over just a little bit to James 1.18. This is how God saves people. We want to save people in our ways, but God says here's how he does it. James 1.18. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. When God decided to save us, he brought us forth through the word of truth. That's what happened. And it's the word of God that we grow in respect to salvation. I should have had you keep your finger in 1 Peter because we'll go back to there. 1 Peter now, chapter 2, verse 1. 1 Peter 2, 1, he says, Therefore, therefore, because you've been born again. Therefore, because you're a new creation in Christ. Therefore, because God has done this through the word. Therefore, he says, putting aside all malice, all guile, hypocrisy, all envy, and all slander, like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Since God saved you by his word, the word concerning Christ, the living and active word, since he saved you by that, long for it because he sanctifies you by that too. John 17, 17, Jesus in his high priestly prayer, sanctify them in truth, thy word is truth. Set them apart. Folks, When I'm not being renewed in the Word of God, when I'm not renewing my mind in it, I am being conformed to the world. I am backtracking. I am becoming like the world by default if I'm not in the Word of God. Colossians 3.16, let the Word of Christ dwell richly in you. The power of the Word of God, Hebrews 4.12-13, for the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, and it's doing that to you now of both joints and marrow, able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. It's really simple. God uses his word, taught rightly, sound doctrine, to nourish and feed us in the context of a relationship with Christ so that we will be who he has called us to be. That's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. And there are lots of bad guys, as we saw many rebellious men, teaching things they should not teach, professing to know God but denying him with their deeds. Those who teach unsound doctrine. But as for you, speak things which are fitting for sound doctrine. My speech, Bob's speech, anyone teaching, anyone in a position here, We should be recognized, we should be characterized by sound doctrine. Speak things only fitting for sound doctrine. So then we see here an overview of chapter 2, verse 1, the commandment of Titus to speak these sound doctrine and things fitting for it. Then we're given sound doctrine in verses 2 through 10 of what we are to be, how we are to live, and we're going to look at those things. 
And then in verses 11 through 14, we are given the means in which this is done. The grace of God and the word of God instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live righteously, upright, and godly in this present age. It is sound doctrine which informs us how we are to be. It is the person of Christ through his word instructing us that changes us to be that way. There's no other way to be made like Christ. So then how does this apply to us? How does it apply to us? First and foremost, our relationship with Christ is founded on sound doctrine, right? I can't grow in my relationship with Christ apart from his life-giving word. I can't. And I will be conformed to a worldly mindset in a second apart from renewing my mind with his life-giving word. God uses sound doctrine to save us and to sanctify us. That sound doctrine, the word of God, is the foundation for who we are to be in Christ. What are the implications? Well, first of all, for those of you who are not saved here today, you can't live the Christian life apart from Christ. His power in you via his word to make you like him. Apart from him, you can do nothing. And if you are not a Christian, you can't live the Christian life because sin has caused a separation between you and God. He doesn't hear your prayers. He doesn't take your worship because there's sin. You are dirty in front of him. You are dirty in front of the Lord God. And you will be held accountable for your sins. You will give an account and he will judge you for them unless you come before him recognizing the truth and the good news that God poured out his wrath on his son Jesus. He poured out his wrath. He bore our sins in his body on the cross as a sacrifice instead of you that we might live to God and die to sin. He paid the price. And you need to repent of your sin, acknowledging, Lord, I have sinned. I am a sinner. You need to turn to God and say, save me. I believe in your son, Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus. I believe that you died for my sins. Please save me. I need to be saved. And God will save you. He'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He will take you and he will cleanse you. And you will be brought into the family of God. And then he will take you and make you more like his son. And ultimately he will glorify you. And when he comes, you will not shrink back in horror and shame and terror. You will rejoice because he is the one who saved you and loves you and is now coming for you. Well, what about the implications for those of us who know Christ? For the body of Christ? It's fairly simple. God uses his word taught rightly in sound doctrine to nourish us, to feed us in the context of a relationship with Christ so that we will be what he's called us to be in Christ so that we will become more like Christ. The foundation for what we are to be, practically speaking, in our everyday life in Christ is revealed in sound doctrine, the word of God. And Titus, that's all you are to speak. That's it. Be identified by the fact that you speak sound doctrine. And Titus, reprove and exhort with all authority and let no one disregard you. This is the way God does it. Don't let anyone disregard you. So simple but yet so disregarded in churches these days, the rightly divided teaching of the Word of God, sound doctrine. I tell you, you should be convicted. When you turn on the radio and you don't hear the Word of God being proclaimed and they're claiming to be teaching for God, turn it off. 
If you don't hear the word of God preached here and taught here, get out. So then what about pastors and teachers and elders? Should we lighten our preaching, add in worldly things so that we can win people to Christ? It's a wonderful thing, win people to Christ. Absolutely not. Speak things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Again, should we have more engaging stories that will get your attention and keep you in your seat? Should we shorten our sermons so that you won't feel so bad that it took so long? Should we dialogue with you? Should I look and think about the things that you would want to have the most every week? Well, what topics are so important to this body that they would really need? Well, hmm, let's see. Let me go about that. That's my wisdom. That's pride. That's, that's being, putting myself in the place of God. Speak things fitting for sound doctrine. No leeway, nothing else. Why? That's what the bad guys do. It'll cause you to be tossed to and fro. You won't grow in Christ. Pastors, teachers, elders do the opposite. Be identified by sound doctrine. And I want to ask anyone who's teaching or speaks or pastor or an elder, is what you say, is what comes from your mouth, sound doctrine? Are you distinguished by the fact that you speak the word of God in its right context? What distinguishes you? What characterizes your ministry? Sound doctrine or stories? Do people characterize you as a good speaker, one who has a heart for the lost, or one who speaks sound doctrine? Well, what about those of us who are not pastors? Well, remember, it's the rightly divided word of truth, sound doctrine that God uses to make us like Christ. And I've shared this before. What type of teaching are you listening to? Is it the word of God, rightly divided, the Holy Spirit-inspired word? It's his word alone that can change you. Or are you tickled and tantalized by pastors and teachers and radio shows that throw in a verse here or there just to give you their own wisdom and experience on how to live the Christian life? There's an all-out assault right now in the church on truth and sound doctrine. There are many who cannot endure it, so they accumulate teachers after their own desires. I want to ask you, are you doing that? Do you accumulate teachers after your desires in contrast to what you really need to hear, which is sound doctrine concerning your sinfulness, your bent towards going your own way? Folks, are you placing yourself in situations that the sound doctrine is being blasphemed? Or is it being adorned? Is it being adorned in your life? Does the Word of God show up in your life as a beautiful gem because you believe it and you do it? Or are people blaspheming God because of it? Brother or sister, when you're tempted to get into this book or that book or family show or whatever it is to be a godly parent, spouse, or whatever it might be, let God change you through his word. God's word is sufficient. God's word will do it. Believe him, trust him, he's faithful. It is Christ alone through his word alone, sound doctrine, that we are made like him. and is the foundation for our walk. It's so simple, but yet so disregarded. What will your life be like? Will it blaspheme the truth and sound doctrine, or will it adorn it? Will it make it beautiful? Does your life make it beautiful? Do you accept it? Do you want to be in it? Do you want to be like Christ? If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, 
etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the Ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you, thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Greg, as we wrap up today's broadcast, what's our takeaway? Gabe, our takeaway is this. Be a person who is committed to learning and living by sound doctrine. Invest your time in studying the Word of God, gaining understanding from it rather than other resources. You know, Dave, I'm convinced that if people spend as much time studying the Word of God as they do on Facebook or watching TV or whatever it might be, our churches, our families, and even our communities would be radically different. You see, sound doctrine, the word rightly divided, put in the heart, is the key cornerstone component to building a strong, vibrant, and authentic walk with Jesus Christ. As we close today's broadcast, it's our prayer that the Word of God has done its work in your life and that you've been challenged and encouraged to follow Christ more closely. If you're receiving spiritual benefit from equipping the saints, would you prayerfully consider sending a gift today? Every gift makes a difference, no gift is too small, and every dollar is put right back into the ministry. To send a gift to Equipping the Saints, call us toll-free at 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to donate online, our web address is etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. Well, we hope you'll make plans to join us again next time right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints.